You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, I'm going to give you the time, the date, well, the approximate time, but the date. The exact moment where everything went wrong. Uh, where the flame season's taking even more of a nosedive, and I have numbers to back it up. We'll do that at 7.30. Mm-hmm. We'll do Brody on the beat. Um, Val Ball, um, Director of Communications and Community Engagement for the Calgary Health Foundation, will join us. Deadline's host- midnight tomorrow. Yeah, crazy prizes. We'll talk to her. We'll do the snow show. It's Trip all straight ahead. Right, right now, from Howdy NHL Q. Insider from Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. Frank, good morning. How are you? Pretty good, guys. How are you? Good. I wanted to uh, start with the master's menu from Scotty Scheffler. Can we go there? Cheeseburger sliders? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So um, if for our listeners who haven't seen it, this is the master's club dinner, of course, by last year's champion. Picks the menu. Uh, it'll go down April 4th. Uh, cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style. I don't know what that means. Uh, firecracker shrimp. Sweet Thai chili and sriracha mayo, tortilla soup, Mm -hmm. avocado, crispy blue tortilla strips, sour cream, cilantro, lime, Texas ribeye steak or blackened redfish, family-style mac and cheese, jalapeno creamed corn, fried Brussels sprouts, seasoned fries, and then for dessert, warm chocolate chip skillet cookie, milk and cookies, ice cream. Sounds delicious. What I wanted to ask you, Frank, what would be on your master's menu? Oh. (laughs) <laughs> some kind of uh, some kind of steak. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely wouldn't be a Texas ribeye though. Mm-hmm. New York. I, I mean, I enjoy a good ribeye every now and again. I'm I'm a fillet guy. Oh, okay. Oh, a nice little dainty. Like, steak. but you Love wouldn't that. go cheesesteak in honor of your uh, your home. Maybe as an appetizer. Okay. <laughs> I would do like mini cheesesteaks. Okay. Ooh, steak like on steak on steak. Okay, I like that. Um, Might explain why I'm a million pounds. That's okay. <laughs> Dessert-wise? Um, ice cream. But, like, creamy, homemade, handmade ice cream. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. I like it. Yeah. Um, it's always fun to watch uh, Legends that's of the Game. That's a very average Masters dinner. It's very American. It's that's very it Texan is. is what it yeah, is. It yeah, it absolutely is. I don't know what redfish is. But nothing good. There, there ain't no uh, real oceans near Texas, so they don't. It's, it's nothing good. I can <laughs> okay. tell you that. <laughs> All right. Um, it, look, the tortilla soup. I can kind of take or leave. Cheeseburger sliders. They just kind of leave you wanting more. Like, meh. Like this is, on a scale of one to ten. This is like a six. Okay. Redfish is a deep sea rockfish, and I find the rockfish usually don't have the the best. You know. Because they're bottom feeders? Yeah. They're okay. bottom feeders. If I'm going to eat fish, it's, I want something steaky. Yeah. Something okay. like a, tu- a tuna steak. Something big. Okay. Some little meat Meaty. to it. Yeah. Right. yeah. I like it. Some Not like weight. a flaky white fish. Yeah. What, I need like four fish to feed me? Come yeah. on now. I mean, um, maybe if you're frying it, you can go flaky white fish. Mm-hmm. Then how do you get your fillets done? How do you eat them? Medium rare. Okay. Be. Well done. There you no. go. Yeah. Only way. Um... The Flames play. I actually kids. went to a Brazilian steakhouse last uh-huh. night. Oh, really? Took, took my kids, and they were not impressed. They didn't like the whole idea of like seeing the the meat as they slice it off the the stick for you. Hmm. I think they were a little thrown off by that. Really? 
Like you just yeah. point and go, I want that. And then they come over and the gaucho cuts it for you. Yeah. They, they actually walk around with it. And yeah. if your card is like, if you've got the green card up, they, they, they come over up. and sl- slice it off right for you. But I did try, um, I tried, they had grilled alligator. Oh, wow. And how was that? And, um, mm-hmm. it was, it, it tasted a little bit like chicken, but definitely a little fishy, if that makes any sense. Okay. It had a chicken-like texture. They had grilled alligator at a Brazilian. Like, do the Brazilians, are they known for their in, gator consumption? In, in Is that Philly? something they do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in Philadelphia? They, they, do have, they do have the rainforest there, so I'd imagine there's a few gators there. Okay. Are there, are there gators near Philly? No, that's the thing. I, I didn't ask any questions. I just okay. They said, would you like to try some grilled alligator it's our special for the month of march and i was yeah. like yeah when in rome uh brazilian beach <laughs> invaded by thousands of alligators you're right lots of alligators uh in brazil um mm. uh the chances of the calgary flames making the playoffs is what this morning frank i don't know what the numbers actually are but i'd estimate in my own brain just pulling it out of the clear blue sky about 12 percent. okay um <laughs> Who's more likely to finish ahead in the standings, the Calgary Flames or the Nashville Predators? Uh, right now, it's the Nashville Predators. Like they're right, they're they're actually almost on track with the Winnipeg Jets for the eighth spot, which is wild because not only have they sold, but the players that they took out of their lineup in the last few weeks, they've like Tom. Who is Tommy Novak? Yeah, <laughs> this guy has thirteen goals this year in thirty three games. His his in in college, his senior season, he scored a grand total of three in the NCAA, and he's got thirteen in thirty three NHL games. Where did this guy come from? Yeah, no idea. Like then, then they just continue to do it. Yeah, he's this year's version of Tanner Janot. I don't know. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe next year they're going to trade him for a first, second, third, fourth, <laughs> and fifth. Is the key difference here? Like you go back to Tuesday. Predators sneak out a close 2-1 game over the Detroit Red Wings. They led for a lot of that game. UC Saros was key to the victory. And then on the other side, you have the Flames who fall to the Arizona Coyotes. It just feels like, well, that's just how it's gone lately. And as a result, I think we'd all be pretty surprised if the Flames were able to get into the postseason here. Yeah, and part of it is, look, the Preds are playing with house money now. Like. Mm. There's yeah. no pressure on that team whatsoever. If they floundered toward the bottom of the West, no one would be surprised. And it's almost like after all that happened and David Poyle announced his retirement, like it's almost like there's been this push to see if they can get that team in the playoffs this year from the players, mm-hmm. maybe as a thank you to him on his way out, which would be quite the story. But um, yeah, I mean, look, we've talked about it a lot all year. This Flames team just... There's something off. There's something. There's something wrong, and I don't. I just don't know what it is. How do you look at the year for Daryl Sutter and and this group and and how things have gone there? I mean, look, this is the reigning Jack Adams Award winner as coach of the year, and almost every single thing that he's touched this year, every button that he's pushed, has gone the other direction, and I don't know if if it's just salt in the wound, watching Valimaki play and pile up points. Um, I'm sure Connor Mackey will be next, but whether it's the decision to play Jonathan Huberto on the, the right side for 
two and a half months. And to be fair, the production wasn't great on the left side before that, but he did set a record last season for most assists in NHL history by a left winger. So mm-hmm. there is that. Not to relitigate that for the second week in a row. But the idea that Milan Lucic spent a long time playing in the top six this year and you know, for a stretch of time when Dan Vladar was playing better, clearly better than Jacob Markstrom, he kept going back to Markstrom. I mean, there's a million things that you can second guess about this season and the coaching aspect of it to say nothing of, I think, the sort of friction that's existed there off the ice between Daryl Sutter and this team. And it's, it's, I think it's echoed and waved throughout the, you know, the organization. It's not just on the bench. It's in the coach's office. It's in the trainer's office. It's all over the place. And it's, it's just been, it's been problematic. I'll say that. Do these last 14 games, I asked Eric Francis this question uh, yesterday. I want to ask you the same one. Do these 14 games have anything to do with the futures of Brad True Living and Daryl Sutter? I don't think so. I mean, I think we have enough of a sample size to know right now what this team is and, and what they aren't. It also doesn't mean that these 14 games or wherever they finish in the standings really have any bearing on next season and how that team plays because just look at what Winnipeg's done. You know, they they don't change anything out and they go from what, you know, an 80 plus point team last year to like very likely in the playoffs this year. Um look, I don't know why Brad Tree Living doesn't have a contract extension. I think the two sides spoke shortly after uh, Daryl Sutter signed his extension just before the season started. I don't know if they agreed to table talks or, you know, something just wasn't quite right in terms of the offer. I I have no line of sight on that, but I think there's a lot of questions to be asked of, of Daryl Sutter first and then the general manager second. Is there a chance, and I know you hinted on this uh, a few weeks ago, is there a chance Sutter gets kicked up to be the general manager of the team? Look, there's always a chance. I mean, history can repeat itself. I think a lot of people would have been surprised to see him come back as coach to begin with. He made a bunch of comments in the early part of the season that seemed to be direct shots at the general manager and the team that he put together. Um and they were sort of all through the media, subtle hints as to doesn't really take a rocket scientist to understand what he was trying to get at. Um, personally, I'd be surprised just because he didn't show any ability when he was in the position to be able to do it well. I think the thought process was he's a really good coach, but not so good of a general manager. So is it possible? I mean, it's entirely possible, but I, I think it's unlikely. Frank Saravalli, uh, NHL Daily Faceoff, joining us here, uh, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Uh, I don't want to, again, uh, off-season uh, talk and all these things will will we be filling uh, our airwaves if this team doesn't make the playoffs. But to me, the biggest piece of business for the Flames starting July 1 is re-upping Elias Lindholm. Do you think that happens this summer? Well, they're certainly going to take a run at it, I would imagine. I mean, when you look at his season, and, and frankly, like, do you, I guess, do you feel differently about Tyler Toffoli? Or is that a lowercase? Well, issue? it's it's the position, right? 
the, the number one center is always way more important to me than a guy who plays on the sure. wing. Well, and who's what, two years older. What Lindholm does on the PK with Backlund and Toffoli doesn't touch that in the same sense. That would right. be another one that I would point to. Yeah, I, I mean, a t- in Slight, full agreement, yeah. but I think yeah, they yeah, yeah. both they're both deserving of consideration. I would think mm-hmm. um, with you know both those guys have vastly exceeded this season their salary cap hits, and and the fact that they have another season to go is a, a good spot for the Flames to be in, even though these other contracts are kicking in for Uberto and Uyghur. Um But yeah, the, that's certainly going to be very high up on the pri- priority list to get done is to, you know, make something happen with Lindholm. I think for whatever reason, there seemed to be some kind of chatter, I guess maybe in the final days leading up to the, to the deadline itself. W- w- did the Carolina Hurricanes take a run at, reacquiring Elias Lindholm. I, I don't, I, I never got anyone to confirm that. Um, so I, I don't think that that was the case, but I think there were certainly some teams out there looking saying, Hey, one more year of this guy at four, eight, five, and then we can figure out what we're doing, you know, moving forward with the next contract. Um, that would seem to make a lot of sense for a team that was, you know, right in the thick of, of contending. Do you think the Flames would have an internal deadline date for a contract extension with him over the PDSD with what happened with Johnny Goudreau? Well, I think for sure you'd have to get out in front of that to at least just have the conversation of, does he want to be here? That's the most important thing to answer is let's not go through next season to only then, you know, get to January, pull our hairs out over trying to re-sign this guy and it's not working when we could have just headed that off at the pass. And maybe, maybe you have that conversation with, you know, everyone that's, that's a year out from their deal just to say, look, we only have so much cap space to go around. And, you know, even for next season, as we're building this team, you're sort of knocking on the door of what the salary cap is pending this increase that I still believe is coming if you're not, if you don't want to be here long-term, like let's figure something out now so that we can get something of real value for you and then apply that money and the future money to someone else. You mentioned uh, salary cap and yesterday, Gary Bettman was talking about that cap at, uh, at the conclusion of the GM meetings uh, mentioned. It's probably only going to go up $1 million due to remaining escrow, but also mentioned that there could be some, Room for negotiation with the ah. new head of the NHLPA. Everything feels like uh, posturing here from uh, the commissioner. Guys, nope. I've been saying it for months. Yeah. It's up for negotiation. And the the funny part about it is that Gary Bettman has positioned it as in, well, we're, we'd be willing to have the discussion. His owners are starting to get antsy. Like they don't want a fourth straight year of a flat salary cap. It's mm-hmm. not good for anyone. I'm frankly surprised there was as much even player movement in the deadline period as there was given the, you know, the flat cap nature. But I mean, to think that his owners and teams and, and managers don't want to get it moving, like that's crazy. So he's positioned at it as, well, we're, we're ready to have that discussion at some point. And what's he going to get in return? That's the big thing. And I wrote about that yesterday at dailyfaceoff.com. He doesn't have to do anything. And the salary cap will just increase by $1 million. 
But if he's asking to negotiate, that means he wants something in return. And what is that? I believe in speaking to league sources that they're looking for some kind of give back on previous seasons of unresolved HRR claims through the auditing process. So the way it works is, you know, to close the books on any given season, and I think this is in the last two to three years, there's an auditing process to ensure that basically every dollar that was supposed to be accounted for is properly accounted for in the 50-50 split between players and owners. And not only that, but are, are revenues being classified properly as to what should mm. and shouldn't be counted as HRR. So there's, I think, two to three years of books that remain unclosed sort of very quietly with untold number of, of millions of dollars of claims that the NHLPA has put forward to be investigated. And I believe what Bettman is looking for is for the PA to walk away from those claims in order to then get a salary cap increase. It'll be up to Marty Walsh to be able to, uh, as new executive director of the PA, to, to determine whether that'd be worth it for the PA or not. It's a pretty simple calculation, I'd, I'd imagine, to, mm -hmm. to do, but we'll see. So the point is he doesn't send that, uh, the bat signal, the bet signal, whatever you wanna call it. He doesn't put that out there unless huh. he's looking for something in return. What do you think these uh, regional sports networks that are going bankrupt will affect the NHL directly? How do they? Well, I hope as someone who moonlights as a freelancer for Bally Sports that it also doesn't impact me directly. Hmm. Um, I would say from the people that I've talked to there, they seem pretty confident that they're going to be able to restructure this debt in a somewhat quick manner. And I think the benefit for the NHL is the timing of this. Um, Valley Sports with the, I think it's 12 regional TV deals out of the 32. Their plan is to pay the remainder of this season's contracts on time. So it's the last two weeks of March plus the first two weeks of April and the first round of the playoffs. That's all expected to go off without a hitch. And then as they've filed for bankruptcy, the plan is to then restructure that and get to October and hopefully just pick back up again where they were. Whether all that happens or not, you know, sort of remains to be seen, but that's their plan and that's what they've told the NHL. I think the NHL is ready in the meantime to do something to air games if they need to, should that fall short and, and give teams options to make sure that their games make it to air. But from a revenue perspective, I think the plan, at least at the moment, is to not have any dollars missing. But it, the same can't be said for some of the other regional sports deals with um, AT&T Sports Network. They've got the Kraken, Penguins, and Golden Knights. Both the Penguins and Golden Knights, I believe at the end of March, are going to cease broadcasting. So that's mm. going to be an interesting couple weeks. But on a much smaller scale, two teams than 12, because I think the Kraken's network is owned by the Seattle Mariners. And so that one seems like that one's going to be fine. Only in the NHL. Yeah. Fun to Only follow. Only in the NHL. Yeah, great. No, no, no. This is actually not. This is yeah. going to affect every. The NBA too. Well, no, it's going to affect Major League Baseball too. Okay. The Bally Sports, if they go belly up, it's in a significant way, it's going to impact Major League Baseball and also the NBA. 
So uh, apart from the salary cap stuff, Gary Bettman touched on a couple of things. Uh, playoff format is fine. Nothing to see here. No problem there. Which I agree with. Yeah, I, I, I have no problem with the playoff format right now. The only now. teams you keep, you keep hearing complain about the playoff format are the Leafs. But it's weird because, <laughs> you know, the Leafs, first off, they, for, they couldn't get past Boston, and now it's Tampa. So it's like, well, which one is it? I think the problem is the common denominator is it comes back to you and your team not winning. I would agree. Uh, and then the other thing yeah, there, oh, but real oh, quick, yeah. Frank, like, does it make any sense that two of the top six teams playing the first round of the playoffs? That that doesn't feel right. But if you look at the, the standings today, it's different. But for the last number of weeks, yeah. it's been four or five Leafs uh, lightning almost every day for like the last 90 days. Kyle Dubas acknowledged that yesterday in his press conference. Mm hmm walking out of GM meetings. I why why would we change 1 to 8 is the same is nearly the same thing. Yeah, until this slide that Tampa's been on, they they would just seen them fall into 6 in the East. It was the Leafs They're still Tampa. tied for fifth. Yeah, they're yeah. still tied for fifth anyway, so yeah. the chances that it's probably 1 to 8 would still be Tampa Toronto but, anyway. But wasn't this all at the beginning that the NHL wanted a bracket style playoffs too? Yes. Okay. But and guess what? That bracket style playoffs in this format is what got us a, a battle of Alberta last year. I didn't hear anyone compl complaining or crying then. I I don't have any problem with the playoff format. I think it breeds similar series year after year, which I kind of like. And I got no problem with that. Uh, just win a series. How about that? Um, then the other thing was expansion, but it doesn't sound like expansion. Yes, they're listening to people in other markets and all that jazz, but uh, expansion is not on the NHL's radar right now. Maybe moving, but not expansion. Yeah, I reported that last week, uh, just some quotes from Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly that they had received interest from Houston and Atlanta, among others, normal course of business. Like they're not shooing anyone out of their office that walks in with a potential couple billion bucks. Uh, that gets you an appointment at the uh, at the, the desk of Gary Bettman. And that, you know, they continue to listen, but I, I don't believe, and I think going to 34 teams being the first major North American pro sport to do that would be a big mistake. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. Um, just real quick, why is the draft lottery so late? Yeah. Why May? It's a good question. It's usually in mid-April. I don't yeah. know why. Like maybe, I, to, maybe there's a built-in dead day between series that they know is, is going to happen and they want to do it then where there's no playoff action. That must be the case. Our producer, Patty Dumas conspiracy theory is that Connor Bedard will probably be out of the playoffs and available for the entirety of the broadcast by then. Cause he's probably going to uh, be in the playoffs with the Pats. That makes sense. And that starts in like two weeks. So if not, it's kind of hard to, you know, you're doing a zoom interview for, I don't know. It's yeah. not quite ideal, right? Yeah. And maybe he's getting ready for a big game that night or something like that. Yeah. Nothing. What if he just McDavid's the Pats all the way to the Memorial <laughs> yeah. Cup? Listen, I, I would be stunned, but very impressed. That's for sure. What, what, mm -hmm. One of my favorite draft lottery clips of all time. Just watch McDavid's face when the Oilers are announced for that split second. Oh, man, there's been some beauties like that. Just watch his face. Shane Wright walking the stage yeah. last it, year. It's just, like, it's just like when you give somebody a gift and they open it. That initial split second reaction when they see it is how they actually feel about the gift. <laughs> When you watch McDavid's face when the Oilers are pulled, you're, he's like, oh, man, great. It's the Oilers. It's, like, yeah, it's kind of like when you – let's put a bow on this. It's yeah. kind of like when you check out the Master's Dinner menu and you see tortilla soup on there. <laughs> you're and like, there's going yeah. to be some leakage on the tea box the next day. Oh, okay. Oh.
Yeah, especially from the older fellas. Um, maybe that maybe that's the point. It's like yeah, this is <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Sabotage. <laughs> um, Frank, always terrific stuff. NHL Insider Daily Faceoff. Thanks for this, pal. Have a good one, guys. There's Frank Saravalli, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailChrysler.com. All right, straight ahead. I'm going to give you the number. The time, the, the time, the place where the flame season took a bit of a nosedive. Where were you? We'll do that straight ahead. We'll talk to Valerie Ball, Director of Communications at Community Engagement for the Calgary Health Foundation. We'll do Brody on the Beat. We'll do the Snow Show. And then Corey Sarich at the top of the next hour. Still lots to come. Big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk podcast on demand. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio. Man, we got a busy, like, 20 minutes here in the show. Uh, we got to talk to Val Ball. One of our favorites, uh, Director of Communications and Community Engagement for the Calgary Health Foundation. We'll do Brody on the Beat. We'll do the Snow Show. And at the top of the hour, uh-huh. Corey Sarich, former NHLer, mm-hmm. uh, Sportsnet Flames analyst. We're still taking your text messages, 960-960. We talked about this in the 6 o'clock hour. Gross Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, Come former, on, former quarterback, apparently uses the same towel 30 times before he washes it out of the shower. 30 times. What's your grossest personal hygiene secret you want to share with us? Is that how how many showers is that for Dan? Is that is that two weeks worth of showers? Is that two months does it worth matter? of showers? I think it does matter, frankly. Okay. If that's two months worth of showers, that's vile. If that's a week worth of showers, less gross, but you're keeping yourself pretty clean on a yeah. regular basis then. That towel is uh one of my favorite words, moist. It is moist all the time. Nine sixty, nine sixty like name the and the moist? Yeah. Yeah. Moist. Canadian rock band. Yeah. Moist. Push just a little bit. Like, <laughs> anyway, yeah, moist. So uh 960, 960, name and location. Um, I've been teasing this all that morning. That's really good. You're mm-hmm. welcome. I've been teasing this all morning. Um, what's going wrong with the flames? When was the moment where you're like, huh, maybe that's the turning point of this season for the Calgary Flames? I thought about it last night. I pondered it. It was like that gif where you're walking around and you're just thinking about stuff. So I actually got our good people at Sportsnet Stats to zero in on a specific day. The days after that big, do you remember that hockey day in Canada win over the Tampa Bay Lightning, which was an afternoon game here down at the Dome? And the Flames looked like dominant over a Tampa Bay Lightning team that looked lost, confused, and yeah, that was the best the Flames looked before they beat Boston, I would say. So um, that game for mm. that season up to and including that game on January 21st, the Saturday afternoon game against the Lightning, the Flames were 22-16-9. They had 3.11 goals per game, 2.96 goals against, plus 7 goal differential, 20% on the power play, 82.7% on the PK. You following me right now? Sure. So then that game uh, was also the NHL debut of one Jacob Peltier. Mm-hmm. And we all remember this clip after that big win of the Tampa Bay Lightning. This little soundbite overshadowed that win. What did you think of Peltier's debut? Well, what was that? What did you think of Jacob's first few shifts in the NHL? 
Vika Pelche. What number is he? 49. 49. <laughs> Six minutes, 35 seconds, 13 shifts, average 30 seconds a shift. Got 43 seconds in the power play, played five minutes, 52 seconds. Had one shot, goal, and one hit. Beyond the, the stats. What can you learn just from being on the bench and seeing what the veterans on the team are doing? It's the NHL, 21 years old, got a long ways to go. Yeah, we, we talked about that clip. Since that clip, mm. the Flames 8-8-5, eight, eight, 290 goals per game down, 314 goals against up, goal difference minus 5 instead of plus 7, almost 2, 2.3% worse on the power play, 17.7%, and... uh almost 4% worse on the PK at 79%. Is there any correlation between that soundbite, that clip, and the Flames playing mediocre hockey? I think there's some correlation. I don't think you can say that is the lone reason that the drop-off has happened, but I think that there's some correlation. I think about back in the early parts of the season with the Vancouver Canucks and they were blowing leads and Bruce yep. Boudreau was walking the plank for way too long and they had Aqu- Aquilini side stories going on. Like there was everything going on with the Vancouver Canucks and the idea was you, you, you want things to be quiet. You don't want your team, especially early on in the year, whenever really, but you don't want your team to be the guys that are in the news cycle Apart from your own city, like you're the Flames, you're going to dominate the news cycle in Calgary anytime something happens. But when you go out and you do something like that, and every team in the NHL is taking notice, and the clip is being played... It was premeditated. All over the place. It was absolutely premeditated. And of course it's premeditated, but the point being that it created a lot of outside noise around the Flames at a point where the team had been struggling, and if you simply give a a nice fair assessment and say, Hey, like the same way you did with Matthew Phillips, didn't get to play a lot. That's the way she goes. We'll see if we can get him in more next game. Move on with your life. Things stay quiet after that, but instead you run the dude over, not necessarily warranted. Yeah. And now you have to ask questions about that for the next couple of weeks. Now you have to have a talking to from your boss about how to, properly treat a top prospect in our organization. Like for me, it wasn't everything, but it created a lot of outside noise. Again, am I, am I pointing to that? Maybe, you know, that's the reason why this team might miss the playoffs. Well, no, but the numbers don't lie. That specific part, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way in and around the game. The team has played worse since that, since that point of the season. That's fact. Mm-hmm. The team has been worse. Jacob Marstrom's woken up, especially in the month of March. Yeah. But you just look at the numbers. They're a worse team since that incident. That's all I'm saying. You can, there's points in the season where the ebbs and flows of the season go and you're like, wow, they got really hot here. They got really cold. Since, since that afternoon win over the Tampa Bay Lightning and that little sound bite, the Flames are 8-8-5 eight, eight, and five overall. Right around 500. Yeah. Which in Woof. the NHL does not get you into no. the postseason. No. And I'm not saying they were lighting the world on fire before then, but 5.64 points percentage is a lot better than exactly 500 that they were points percentage-wise after that clip. 
it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I know Eric Francis wrote that piece as well on sportsnet.ca after that. Mm-hmm. But since that sound bite, the flames have kind of gone down a little bit. I want to ask Corey Sarich about that coming up at eight o'clock. It was Would guys in the room pay attention to something like that. I don't know how you couldn't, right? Yeah. I don't know how you couldn't because that's the type of thing that everyone under 25 in the NHL noticed. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there's a little bit of a correlation there. Are they, is it black and white? Is this the main reason? No, it's never that easy. Right. But it's interesting. It's interesting and it's a fair point. Like, the one thing that I will say is Jacob Pelche's attitude and his bubbly personality has continued to persevere throughout the entire, you know, whatever that was, 15 games that you mentioned, 8, 8, and 3. That's more than 15, but whatever. That's still good for him. You like to see that from from the youngster. So. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. <laughs> it is tough. Um 500. They've been mediocre since that actual clip. So yeah, saw it floating around on Twitter yesterday. I don't even know who had it. Yeah. Like the points like the playoff how it dipped mm-hmm. on, the, on the graph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like let's get the actual numbers from SportsNet stats. Yeah. Um, yeah, listen, like my parents called me there on a trip in the U S and had a big old rage about how this is just like, of course, this year too, the flames get back to middling mediocrity where they're just trying to get into the playoffs. And if they miss, they're going to have no chance. The first overall pick in another yep. generational draft, just like, ugh, frustrating, man. Um, we'll get to more on the flames with Corey Sarich at the top of the hour, but right now, uh, one of our favorites, uh, the director of communications and community engagement for the Calgary health foundation, Valerie ball joins us here on the big show. Val, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're great. Thanks for jumping on. Unfortunately, we're not on location. Um, that will happen. I'm to imagine soon, but, uh, there is an early bird deadline tomorrow to win some ridiculously cool prizes. What are those prizes Val ball? Yeah, you want to get in tomorrow for the bonus prize for the Audi and Australia trip, which just sounds like very amazing in itself. Uh, but it's a trip for two for nine days to beautiful Australia. And if you've never been, it has to be on your bucket list because there's just so many amazing things to do there. But then you get this Audi Tech Q8 technique, which I don't really know a lot about cars, but I understand this is not really a vehicle. It's more of a luxury experience mm. with like, you know, massage chairs and heated mm. wheels and things like that. I don't I don't know what you expect from a car anymore, but <laughs> this is pretty spectacular. So you can take that or $125,000 cash. Uh, cooled leather seats as well, as well as heated leather seats in the car. Like this got all the bells and whistles, George. You'd love it. Yeah, it's perfect for summer mm-hmm. and winter. Um, when you're when you're doing, uh, and you do a great job uh, with this, and, and it's a very successful when you give away these prizes and these prizes are won by people, like how, how mind blowing is it that they went out there, supported a great cause. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're getting a car that massages you while you're stuck in traffic. (laughs) Pretty spectacular. Hey, and nobody ever expects to win. I love that about our winners. Whenever we phone them, they're like, (laughs) what? I didn't even expect, maybe they are expecting it and they're just putting on a show, but Honestly, it's like, I never expected to win this, and it's so wonderful. And they're always doing, like, just incredible things, like 
you know, they, they're going on these vacations or they want to send their kids to college or they, you know, they're doing um, things that are just spectacular, but all of them also have a healthcare story, which I love too, because uh, I think healthcare touches all of us. So whether it's just because, you know, somebody they know received care at the hospital or they themselves, they always just want to support because they know it touches lives. So I love that too. Our winners are amazing. And I hope that I get to call a um, winner for this and they're just like, what? <laughs> amazing. Because <laughs> they're always very unexpected. Uh, Calgary Health Foundation helps a lot of people across southern Alberta. I know that there's usually maybe a, a focus as far as where the proceeds are going to help. Uh, it, what is What happens to be that this year? Well, I mean, Foothills is, you know, it's a staple of our community. It's I think everybody passes it, you know, on the way to Canmore. Uh, and just acknowledges how important it is for our city. So there's a lot of specialty programs in there, and they do care for a lot of people. But one of the programs we're working with is called um, neurocritical care. And so they really help patients that have had a life-threatening nervous disorder. Mm -hmm. So it could be something Mm -hmm. like a brain trauma, a stroke, seizures. I actually met two individuals this year that had life-threatening, very rare brain infections. Uh, and so this team becomes their superhero. They, they come in, they um, are able to help the brain heal and really ultimately help the patients have really great outcomes, some that they might not actually have if we didn't have this service in Calgary. Uh, Valerie Ball, Director of Communications and Community Engagement for the Calgary Health Foundation, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza Sports Podcast Hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan. All right, we talked about uh, the cool early bird prizes. What about this grand prize, um, Val? When you're calling somebody and giving them the house, a house, Val, uh, how does how does that phone call go? <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Mostly it involves, like, sure, uh, could you say that again? <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Usually yeah. there's a little bit of that that happens, uh, which, you know, I understand this house is, Built, custom built by Calvert Holmes, of course, it's in mahogany. It's worth $3 million. Uh, so you can imagine picking up that call and, you know, it's 6,000 square feet. So whether you love your family or you hate them, it's the perfect house for you because you can entertain them all or you all can live on separate floors. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's perfect for, you know, any family and uh, it overlooks the water, which is one of my favorite features all the time. So it's a pretty great home. And uh, while you're buying tickets, grab the 50-52, right? Yeah, the 50-50 is creeping up there. It's almost at $2 million. So also not a bad call to to receive because that's just cold, hard cash. And, you know, we can just imagine what you can do with that. So uh, one of my favorite calls for sure is the 50-50 as well. Uh, so how, how nice cold, are, hard nine digits? Yeah, how one? nice are you to them to go, hey, you just won $2 million. I'm available for dinner this evening yeah. too if you want to. 100% I am. Yeah. yeah, I'm shopping. And, oh, you want to go on the trip? Like, I'm willing to be anybody's friend. So, you know, if you win the 50-50, I am available for friendship anytime. Okay. Uh, I like it. Valerie Ball, uh, Director of Communications and Community Engagement for the Calgary Health Foundations. Uh, Get your tickets tonight. The Audi and the Australia Bonus Prize deadline midnight tomorrow. And don't forget the big whopping grand prize, a $3.1 million show home overlooking the lake. In mahogany. Uh, Val, always terrific. By the way, Uncle Dave says hi on the text line. Oh, oh great. Hi, Uncle 
local fave. And by the way, this is one of my favorite calls to make, actually. I love talking to you guys. You guys are amazing. So phoning winners is pretty great, but talking to you okay, guys. Okay, well, you're, you're way too sweet to us. I was just hoping <laughs> you I love get, a good pander. I, I was hoping you were going to get another awkward photo from Jack if we were on location. Maybe next time. <laughs> well, <laughs> you just wait. I feel like it's coming. That helps, yep. uh, you know, we can find some great awkward photo moments. Mm, yep. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you at the show home eventually again. Thanks, Val. We'll do this again soon. You bet. Talk to you guys later. Uh, Don't forget, with your support, Calgary Health Foundation is investing in breakthroughs in a number of areas at Foothills Medical Center, including neurological care, ensuring that our patients get the best care possible for the best possible outcomes. There you go. The Foothills Hospital Home Lottery. Get your tickets now. Not bad. Audi in Australia. uh, Deadline midnight tomorrow. Okay, we got like three minutes before we got to get to the break here. Yeah. What if we move Brody and the beat to 8.30? That's fine by me. Because we got to do the snow show. We and then we got to get the to Corey Sarich. Yeah, Sarchi. And we also want to get to your text messages at 8.32. Um, talking about this whole, uh, the Flames have been super mediocre since the Daryl Sutter, Jacob Peltier quote. And um, Dan Orlovsky uses the same towel 30 times before he showers. Uh, there's some really gross personal hygiene um, stories out there we, we want to share with you that our listeners have given us. I appreciate your honesty because some of them are really gross. But right now, maybe my favorite, best favorite part of the week. Sure. The snow show with Maddie Rose. Where's the cool guitar music? Give it to me. Come on. Yeah. 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 That's a riff. You know what that's a riff for, George? You know what that's a riff for? No. Fredin. Okay. The snow show is brought to you by Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff, Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport location today or head to skiwest.ca. Lots to tell you about. We got some snow recently as well. Sunshine Village, about an inch of snow over the last 24 hours. They got a 61-inch base. 87% of their trails are open. That's 131 of 145 with 11 of 11 trails open as well. They also got a tasting Saturday and Sunday. It is the Hop Valley IPA testing if you're looking for more hops. And they're also doing uh, some St. Patrick's Day stuff on Friday as well. So make sure you check that out if you're headed up to Sunshine Village. At Nakiska, two inches of snow over the last 24 hours. They got a 29-inch machine-groomed base. 65 of 75 trails are open and all six of their lifts. Norquay also has all six lifts open. All of their trails are open. They got a deep powder base, 47 to 89 inches, and they've had an inch of snow in the last 24 hours. Also coming up on Saturday, it's Retro Day and VJ Dance Party. Head to the website for more details on that, but that's going to be a ton of fun out at Norquay. Marmot Basin, a half inch of snow in their last 24 hours. 49-inch packed powder base, 91 and 91 trails are open in all seven lifts. It's all systems go out at Marmot Basin. Lake Louise, a couple events going on this weekend. No snow in the last 24 hours, but events are lots of fun. Nevertheless, the Temple Lodge takeover will go uh, all weekend long. That's going to be a ton of fun. They're doing this every weekend. This is over on uh, the backside of the mountain at the Temple Lodge. There's going to be music. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be festivities. Go and check that out if you're headed to Lake Louise on Saturday. It's also free demo day Saturday at Louise. And I uh, wanted to mention this as well. Castle Mountain, eight inches, uh, pardon me, an inch of snow in the last 24 hours. 32 to 70 inch packed powder base. 
All 94 trails are open. Five of six lifts are open, and they got their usual events all weekend long. Adequate performs live music in the T-Bar Pub tomorrow night. The Fistful of Turns Banked Salmon Slalom Tournament. Say that three (laughs) times fast. The third annual Fistful of Turns Banked Slalom Tournament goes on Saturday. You sure they're not going to be salmon There's flying no, around there? No baked salmon in there. Uh, 15 to 25 bucks per person. <laughs> it's for snowboarders. It's a big event and a lot of fun. Uh, also for spectators. So go check that out on Saturday. It's also going to be Western Day. So wear a cowboy hat or something like that. Bring a salmon. Sure. Bring, a, bring your salmon. There's one thing that says cowboys. It's salmon. It's a tough fish. Yeah. It's a, it wings upstream. It's, it's a tough, tough some. That's your snow show. It's brought to you by Ski West. With Calgary's largest selection of gear and expert staff, Ski West has you covered to make this an epic season. Visit their Kensington or airport locations today or head to skiwest.ca. Great job, Maddie. Straight ahead. Um, Corey Sarich, Sportsnet Flames analyst, former NHLer. Um, at 8.30, we're going to do Brody on the beat, uh, do some text messages mm-hmm. on uh, your gross personal hygiene. And... Uh, Numbers don't lie. Since uh, Daryl Sutter had that little Jacob Peltier quote, the team has been super mediocre. Uh, we'll get to all that in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.